0: Hello New York, you're Good listening morning. to Queer afternoon. State of Mind Right, afternoon <laughs> on Radio Free Brooklyn I'm your host, Ori Givens Joining me is Justin Hi. Hey! It's, it's just the two of us, we gonna yeah. keep it live, we gonna keep it going Thanks Oops. for listening to Queer State of Mind We have a great interview coming up with Jose Roldan Jr. He has written and is performing his own one-man show Up at the New York Poets Cafe called Father, Forgive Me, I Have Sinned It is a great testament to this Easter Resurrection weekend. So we going to get in our own spirit here on Queer State of Mind. You're listening to us live on Radio Free Brooklyn. Live from Bushwick, Brooklyn in New York City. This is Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn, powered by the Queer Minded Radio Network. With Ori, Seydu, Chinwe, Justin and teron Join the conversation and tell us how you feel on Twitter at QSOMNYC, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Queer State of Mind, or send us a text or voice message to 917-472-1224 using the keyword QSOM. That's 917-472-1224, keyword QSOM. Now it's time to get into a queer state of mind with this week's Brunch Tea segment, live only on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yes. Get it, get it, go, go Get it, get it Don't stop, Uh, get it, get uh, it Make that pussy uh, doo-doo brown uh, Ah! uh, uh, uh. See, if y'all was up in the studio right now We are just getting our lives together Getting a little twerk Getting a little dance going on. How you doing, girl? Hey, darling. How hey, are you? Good. It's good to see you, honey. Yes, it should be. I know, right? <laughs> I'm so happy to be on time for this week's show. Yes. yes I navigated the buses properly today okay, that's, and got off at the skill appropriate in stop. In New York City. Yes, I know. I'm Especially learning. Girl, you don't know. Right. You know, Brooklyn has a wide you know, network of buses that I'm just trying to master right at now. At least it's not
1: Queens Oof. because you got that, you know. It's, well, you can get on a
0: bus in Queens and then you just don't know where you are. <laughs> you don't know how to get back and there's and only one huge. bus. It's, it's so huge. big. Oh my gosh. So, Sadu is out today. She's singing somewhere. Where's she singing at? In Philadelphia. Sing, Philadelphia, she's yes. She's singing for the Lord. Hopefully listening to us and tweeting about the show. You can also tweet us yes. at QSOMNYC. We be checking Twitter during the show. She's singing for Jesus. Yes. And not, and not Jesus this, on the corner. This resurrection weekend. Isn't it, it okay. is. He he is rising tomorrow. He risen tomorrow. What's going on? I don't know. On
1: the third day.
0: On the third day. Well, you yes. know, technically, he already done rose in well, in I, Asia. You know, right, it's you tomorrow. Know, tomorrow. You so.
1: know. <laughs> for tomorrow. Tomorrow. tomorrow
0: that always messes with me because it's like pace. he does the same things at the same time all around the world, and it's like that's not possible. Like it's I don't like understand. It's like, right. how, are you de-
1: how are you delivering all these gifts?
0: I know. I know. And they, used you know, when you look at, I think they still do it. You can watch him on the radar. The NORAD. Yeah, the NORAD. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Nuh-uh, Santa ain't doing all that. And why is he delivering presents in places where they don't got Christianity? Like, they don't celebrate Christmas. So, I guess everybody should get some really? presents, Wouldn't you know? Really?
1: Like, like a Hallmark movie? to town without Christmas? Ooh, maybe.
0: So, lots of places without Christmas. Right. Lots of them. So Christian in your heart wherever you Oh, know. my gosh. So, what has been going on this week? Like, there's been a lot. And... um. I guess the first thing we want to start out with this interview (laughs) that basically shut down all the queens like (laughs) RuPaul did an interview with Vulture. Um, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race just hit its hundredth episode, and RuPaul also has a new game show launching, Gay for Pay, Gay for Pay, which I am all about. It
1: is not just straight people who do porn. That's no, what I thought at no, first.
0: but and I would have been interested in it you if know. it had been that too. But it's,
1: I'm like, hey, yeah, know, I can tell. But it's like a kind of like a variety show, yeah,
0: like a um. It reminds me of, match, of game? match Game. Yeah, it's like they took Match Game and they actually really did it. Well, here's
1: the thing. Okay, so because that's game. an old match game. Match Game was just one of the best things that ever come on television. Oh my like, god! When we were in college. We used to get real high and watch marathons of this on the game show network. And when I tell you, it's so funny,
0: like the actual old episodes yes. of Match Game, because and it, like I They're remember, shady as fuck. yes. And didn't wasn't that the one that um okay, so Betty White did or oh, no? Betty
1: White did all of them. She did, yeah. That, that was her job. She was a professional game show person. Oh um, yes. But for those who don't know, Match Game was just like the highest rated show. If you took like Friends and Roots. And, skin- and all of Thursday night, mm-hmm. and multiplied it by 10,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then dipped that in chocolate, you would get like the highest rated show. That's what Match Game was. And Match Game gave birth to Family Feud.
2: Oh, Because yeah. Richard
1: Dawson was on there, and toward the end, you could tell how much he just hated being on the show, and he was just rude. Mm-hmm. And the bonus round pretty much is the exact same concept as. Oh, a filmy feud. Okay. So, well, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes
0: sense. Well, I'm really excited for the show because mm-hmm. I just like a good game show. But in this interview, you know that Rue is not without oh. controversy, um, oh. to say the least. Yeah. So this interview that came in on Vulture, basically talking to some of the big critiques that people have had about RuPaul's Drag Race, about drag in general. And, you know, RuPaul at that point in his life that there are no more fucks to give.
1: Well, hey, I love the fact that you know RuPaul every now and then have to remind bitch that she's still black, <laughs> and that she and the way she goes to snatch this girl's wigs. <laughs> it's like, amazing. Right, it's, it's like bitch, don't come for me. Like really, if you were smart, <laughs> stay across the street because this side is not sunny.
0: No, and no, and then nobody sends. She's not sending for in. She's not shit
1: Bitch, red rover, bitch, send your ass home.
0: <laughs> but. What's happening, and I'm trying to pull up this article, but the internet is failing me right now on live Oof. radio. But she basically said, like, language police are a problem. You know, yeah. talking about the controversy with um, Mail and how a lot of people thought that that was offensive and the network decided to change it. And RuPaul was very clear in saying, I didn't want it changed. They changed but, it. But
1: she said, you know, there are some battles you need, don't need you to need, fight. You don't need to fight, right. I'm fine. Sure. <laughs> you like, know, if that's what it
0: is, it, what it is. you know, the show's yeah. still on the air. And I think that, you know, we – people that have followed RuPaul for a long time, you know, nobody's saying that she should be without critique. He should be without critique. Uh, nobody's saying should, that at and all. She should
1: very much well like be with critique.
0: And one of the interesting things that I read was – not about, you know, the whole she male thing, but about the empire sketch, which was ridiculously racist. It was horribly racist, and
1: I think. But and and here's the thing: like, it's 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 hard for those of us who came who came of age in that era of drag, mm-hmm. and we expect all our drag queens to basically be black women on steroids. Yeah, I mean that's just. That's all we knew. That's all we performed. Well, and it was that's really... all we saw. Right.
0: And it was... It was just really odd to, yeah. to see, you know, Faith Evans and RuPaul cajoling the queens to be more ratchet. Yeah. Like, we want you to, you know, snap your fingers and twist your head and do all those right. things. Like, that's how we do it. That's not how all of us do it. That's not but how that's it. how some of us do but it.
1: But that's what empire is. Right. And the whole idea that it's drag, it's exaggeration. Drag has always mm-hmm. never... It's not... Realness, which I have a problem with that word. It's not realness. Realness comes from the ball scene of people who can't get it. So they're mm-hmm. pretending to be this. This right. is the closest it's going to get. It's actually right. a rather bittersweet term. Anyway... But it's always right. been ex- this exaggerated femininity. Mm-hmm. Well, and if yeah. you
0: go back to that kind of ball scene, you think about yeah. the categories, right? Yeah. There are these categories of like hyper masculinity or hyper femininity, yes. and in
1: executive realness. Because yeah. this is the '80s, and this is crack, and it's in New York City, and there's unemployment is 30 percent. Right, girls didn't have shit. Right, and they were boosting everything. So we, so we were what, trying to give that look. Yes, that's what the patent
0: was. <laughs> so I think it's it's interesting yeah. that we're having these critiques. It's interesting that we're at a point where one, we have a television show on the air that's. Very very popular that is featuring drag culture
1: it's, and, and simultaneously killing it same time. And ta-
0: ooh, ooh, well that's a whole mm, that's I don't whole even know about Santa that
1: Patterson's. I don't think it's is if, it killing it well here's the thing: it's it's killing the kids because hey and she said it the kids don't know shit yeah they do not know shit and it goes the whole thing about the I will survive like people like yes yeah, they were fucking horrible I didn't have to quote why would you come off? Because they were fucking terrible.
0: Oh, the two, yeah, the, the, the double yes, elimination. Because <laughs>
1: did you watch it? Yes, and and even people say like, look, it's I will survive. Every straight person knows that song. Yeah, and if you're a gay person, especially a, a gay child doing drag, that's that's your practice song. I think <laughs> you that yeah. Well, there are those songs that. When you
0: come up in the culture, in the life, if you will, that you just yes, know, I mean, was, you know, you, you just know, know. Uh-huh. and you know, "I Will Survive" is one of those songs. Like, oh, there uh, go, <laughs> and it was just so like I watched it because I didn't watch it when it first debuted. I watched, it, I just, I've watched, I'm caught up now, yeah, but I it's, didn't. It's start. always
1: wonderful to, read, to go back and mm-hmm. watch the old ones. Like, oh shit, this is real, real, real bad, right?
0: So I watched the first episode. I'm just like, oh. Oh, and then I saw that the and then like like the next episode and I saw the double emulation. I'm like, oh, okay.
1: So and you understand why? Because it's like anyone's, okay, especially us New Yorkers. I am sorry, mm-hmm. but your drag here is horrible. Ooh. It is it is personality drag, and that's it. <laughs> like y'all can't paint. And it's like it's I don't understand that you're in New York. You want to... We're in New York. We don't have to try. That's your whole problem. You don't have to try for shit. You should really, like, step up. That
0: doesn't work for any other yeah. industry. Like, to get to the, in New York, you have or to be the best in, of the they, best. Just, not
1: in New York anymore. New York doesn't produce anything anymore. New yeah. York's not even an incubator. It collects things. Yeah. The only thing yeah. New York has exports anymore is just theater well, and opera. Yeah. Anything else. We don't We don't export goods, talent, sports teams. We don't export shit. Yeah. I feel, here in New York, I feel like some people
0: might have something to say about that. No, they don't. That. The I same don't people know. who are
1: from here, like, well, it's true. I mean, yeah, well. I, like anymore, especially especially people who have been to New York for a while, especially hip hop heads, like, oh, dude, we don't do shit anymore.
0: Oh yeah, well, yeah. I think there was there were times when you know creating culture because New York created a lot of culture exported a lot of culture and then it kind of gets taken like it's no longer here like yeah. hip hop came from here but it's no longer here like it's no yeah. longer owned by the Bronx it's no longer owned by like it's yeah. not owned by New York it's not even not an
1: incubator anymore no it's not.
0: I mean there's so much innovation like kids are because you, know, you don't, innovating because everywhere because
1: it's, it's too expensive to live here and you don't have to be here mm-hmm. but anyway I get back to let me digress so the whole idea that New York drag is personality drag personality drag is great on camera Mhm that's why New York queens tend to do very well. well there's, or there's like just, three or something. There's always three. Always three yeah, because the girls like, oh, it's New York. Like, girl, no, mm-hmm. no, you're.
0: It's like they have a formula because they've got the three New York queens and they got the girl from Puerto Rico. Yeah, who, and who then can't speak English. They, they, they always speak- give there's, her. A, like, I know that there are drag queens in Puerto Rico that speak English. It's Puerto Rico. Like, <laughs> right, but still,
1: not I even mean that. It's like you're a tourist. You should know how to. You know, it's like Barilla pasta. You know, mm. it's Italian enough for mm. American taste. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, I think... But that my, my point is, I think that they, they do that purposefully. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's... You absolutely. know, I think it's like they want that... They are, want to are, fill that are, stereotype. Are that's not
1: in anymore? Is that the thing there? I don't understand. Have, have they gone out of vogue? I don't think so. Nah. They Wait, just... You, I think you, that it's you, just... You would think you would keep the hot Latin people on there, you know, I'm, or that just not a thing anymore.
0: Maybe not. Maybe oh, not. Well, you know, sorry. it's always that... Sorry. What, sorry, what, sorry, Pablo. What tends to win is the, you know, the kitschy, like punky kind of... Well, it's a television show. It
1: has to be... Now, you can win the show or you can win in life. Right, right. Latrice Royale is winning winning in life. life. Oh, my gosh. She owns... She is... She started her business. She is opulence. She is the living embodiment of opulence. Mm -hmm. She owns everything. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't know where that comes from, shame on you.
0: Well, and I think that, like, there are some queens that are able to take that experience, whether they win or lose, and they're able to develop it into something. Well, here's the thing,
1: because it's like, wasn't the karma career or one of the, oh, like, the younger, like, I don't want to do club drag. It like, might have well, been girl, that's, where you, that's yeah. where you make your money. Yeah. Honey. You well, and she
0: was also deal- going through transition issues. I think it was her. It might not have been her. I, 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 but I, I think there have been a couple I, I, of queens that kind of do a that. A lot
1: of them, a lot of showing, showing them, like, oh, you know, you're... you're. Gonna...
0: Well, it's kind of like when you know the people that are on American Idol and then, like, don't, you know, it's like that's what made you popular. Like right. You can't kind of throw your back at it.
1: But I think the best takeaway from the RuPaul article, and I have said this, that she mentions the difference between drag and mm-hmm. trans, mm-hmm. whereas that, drag is making fun of it. Trans is an identity. Yes. So she can't. Well, there are two it, sides of it at uh, the yeah. same
0: point. It's like, I think the quote was that trans is people trying to live an identity. They're yeah. serious about They're an serious identity. About, yeah. And drag, drag is makes fun like, of like, yes, mocking it. Yes, mocking it's satire. It with, mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think there's a place. or Sadhu
1: calls. I'm She said, "Sadhu, I, mean, I said to you're clowns.
0: Yes, as you are. You're, you're. Well, and there's always a place for satire as long as it's not, you know, demonizing or devaluing yeah. people. It's
1: 3 a.m. on Fox News.
0: Oh goodness, <laughs> we'll be right back right here on Queer yeah. State of Mind. You're listening to Queer State of Mind on Radio Free Brooklyn. That was Ariana Grande, Dangerous Woman. I love her. I think she's great. So coming up, we're going to listen to an interview from Jose Rodan Jr. He's performing a one-man play uh, at the New and Poets Cafe called Father Forgive Me, I Have Sin. But before we get to that, uh, the passion Oh my goodness! Yeah. Okay. okay, you know, <laughs> so the passion. Okay, so
1: Ori, and you know, Ori is also from Ohio, as he's sitting here with his Ohio State sweater on. O H I O. Yes, man. <laughs> um, I know it's says Pavlovian response when you get people from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have been, or if you are familiar with anything contemporary Christian with the uh, reflective yet grand orchestrations, mm-hmm. <laughs> um it was it was the best crossroads production ever and it might it needs to be licensed cuz it's just that bad
0: okay so funny thing you say that because what i didn't know about the passion it's actually like a global like syndicated thing Right? Yes, it so is. This is not like the passion it's that it we not, saw. It's is not, is not a not Tyler the first Perry time. production. No, it actually started full. in the Netherlands. Yeah. And then it went the to Dutch. the UK. Um, and it's performed in various different yeah. parts of it, it, And they make like, it this it's television not like spectacle. old
1: school passion play, the ones you get in like Germany or something, which is no. phenomenal. Right,
0: no. no. They're it, not They're this, not this, beating this, people with the, the rods and stuff like yeah. that. This or is like. Isn't the Philippines nail themselves to the cross? They do. They nail and they'll walk through the streets beating themselves with briars. It's thing. Speaking of which, you
1: know. You should listen to your annual um, Sandy Patty to listen to Via Rosa. you know, at that time of year. <laughs> <laughs> On the
0: Via Dolorosa.
1: But, okay, so the passion,
0: if you didn't get to experience it, they took- And it is an experience. It is, it is an is experience. experience. They took um, contemporary, contemporary music, pop music- Contemporary in parentheses. Yes. Because it's not- And, the, yeah, because some of it, it's, you know, it's, it's from this decade. <laughs> some of it? <laughs> some of it. I think. Maybe. Anyway, so it's songs that you should know, maybe possibly, <laughs> and they reform them to kind of tell the story of you know the, the resurrection, last moment, the, last the last moments moment of, of Jesus, Jesus. Yes. and they you you know uh Trisha
1: Underwood or Trisha, Trisha Yearwood, Yearwood. Sorry, okay. was Look, the let's not, Mary. Let's not speak ill of Trisha uh, Trish Yearwood, okay. You know. No, I love her. Right, like making you know, those country girls. They like She sang. She sang. Too. Except the one song she's supposed to have just gone all out ratchet with, did not. Ooh. For you never walk alone. and okay. She did. And I'm like, what's the song you're supposed to do this mm-hmm. with?
0: And I saw um the one performance that I did see completely through was Chris Daughtry, who, who was Judas. Who
1: I okay, I enjoy angsty Judas. Yeah.
0: He was, I mean, wake me up inside. <laughs> yeah. Save me.
1: Oh, I love that song. I do it's too. one of my favorite songs. I okay, because I also love Jesus Christ Superstar. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things. Just, it's, 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 it's not one of my favorite musicals. It is my favorite, favorite musicals. And yeah, I, mean, I would have been okay with just that or live for yeah. Jesus
0: Christ Superstar. But I think the most boring part of it for me was Tyler Perry. Honestly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like I don't need you. Or wh- or whoever
1: was the the lady on the street. She oh, was like, no one gets fuck. Yeah. You know, that's they're, true. they're carrying the multi the lit up cross.
0: Oh yeah, the reporter, the Fox yeah. News reporter, that was like asking like she's yeah. a journalist, Ish. but she's asking these questions that are just no journalist would ask because it was, because it's a you know it's, it's already the setup right right, right right it was just supposed to be you know it was but supposed to have that look sealed, but it was very cringeworthy. Singing,
1: we don't need another hero. Oh, I didn't miss that. I'm gonna have to go back Yolanda and watch that Adam one. A lot Adam singing when love takes over. <laughs>
0: oh yes no it okay was, see
1: so, so I think there are even some so, gems that I
0: didn't discover it's it,
1: so <laughs> many it is It is everything because it is contemporary Christian and it's kind of hard not to we might to,
0: watch that at our heathen brunch it's, tomorrow it's hard not to yeah. enjoy
1: it if you're if you're not from New York cause I don't think y'all understand how fabulous all of that was <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, I mean to watch it I really wish like because they had a lot of scenes that they obviously either filmed previously yeah. or were done on a sound stage prior and I wish more of it had been actually live but I think yeah. It was the way that they put together. Or
1: it was that Hunger Games set.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like that maybe I, it was live. It just didn't feel like, like
1: it. it. I just need Cesar Flickerman to come out there. Mm-hmm. And now Jesus is about to get crucified. Ooh, you know? See. But it was, I mean, it was, it was
0: so bad. It was like, okay. And, and it was and good. And path, pathing for white but Latin weird.
1: Jesus. <laughs> Like oh, white saviors, and my friend kept saying white saviors. Matter. He looks
0: so like I, that was one and, thing. And, I nothing, didn't
1: and, that, and bless your heart, you know, if you are a white Latino, you know that is your struggle. I don't yeah. know it, however.
0: Now, who is was Prince Royce playing Jesus, or was he playing somebody else? Was he
1: playing Jesus? I think he, I was, he was playing Jesus. He might have been playing Jesus. Yeah,
0: I do love me some Prince Royce. Who is
1: who? I mean, he sang. He, they, no, now he they all sang. Sang. they all sang. I will give them that. Mm-hmm. I will. There was not a bad note. Decided people in a choir. Some of them were a little yeah, faulty. A little
0: but no, no, Prince Royce <laughs> is a major star and he's very well known in New York. He's a Dominican singer, um, very, very popular. He. Oh, he'd
1: he burned that Romeo Santos, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, no then, Oh, God, that bitch singing that bitch voice. Mm-mm. Yeah, I said it. He has a bitch voice. Ooh.
0: Well, on that note, uh, we want to give you a little bit of this interview with Jose Roldan Jr. He is performing, tonight is his last night performing his one-man show, Father Forgive Me for I Have Sin, talking about his experiences growing up in the South Bronx, coming to terms with sexuality and family and all those things. So here's that interview. You're listening to Queer State of Mind. Jose, thanks so much for joining us on Queer State of Mind.
4: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's awesome.
0: So first of all, let's get a little bit to know about you, who you are. I know you're an actor, you've written and pro- produced this show. Tell us a little bit about who you are, Jose.
4: Well, I'm originally from New York City, the South Bronx, and um, I, I am an actor. I started out acting at a very early age, I want to say back in elementary school. And uh, I actually remember my first audition, which is crazy, um, but uh I soon went on to Lehman College to study acting and I did that for a little while and eventually found myself in Los Angeles where where I really started taking acting seriously and auditioning and learning the craft of acting and the business of acting and eventually came back to New York to pursue and work on my one-man show.
0: Awesome. And that show is going on right now. Tonight's the last performance um, in this round. Tell us about... Father, Forgive Me for I Have Sinned, it's kind of a, you know, it invokes a lot with the title, um, with the religion, and this is Easter weekend. So tell us a little bit about this show, kind of how did you come to write it? Where does the inspiration come from?
4: Well, what's so interesting about the show is that it definitely, um, it definitely was all in serendipity at the end of the day. I I was graduating from my undergrad with um, a BA in theater and sociology, and I had already walked down the aisle. And I received a letter from the audit department, I want to say about maybe two to three weeks after commencement, stating that I did not complete my degree, believe it or not. Can you understand oh, how no. horrified I was to receive that letter? Right. Um, apparently, there was one elective that I did not take,
1: which oh, I also wow. found to
4: be, yeah, I found it to be extremely ridiculous because I was a transfer student in some England college and I transferred about 28 elective credits that they could not use for anything else. So. I mean, I graduated, I graduated, but I think, I think you need 120 to graduate. I literally, graduated. I walked down the aisle with like 165 credits. It was the most ridiculous thing in the world. So I couldn't understand why they wanted me to come back. But anyway, I did it. I um, went back and I decided to take a course that was entitled uh, Solo Performance Workshop. And I had no idea what this class would entail. I thought it was some sort of comedy class. And I was so afraid because even though I love to make people laugh, I definitely don't consider myself like a comedian. You know what I mean? That's a different world altogether from what I do. Um, but what was awesome about it is that the, the class was about writing a solo show and writing a, a piece about your life. And at that present time, I was going through so much with a, um, a recent divorce and uh, dealing with um, a lot of insecurities within myself. So I just started to write from that place. And by the end of the course, I had a 45-minute piece that I was required to do as my final assignment. And actually, that was the birth of the show. And from then, the show's pretty much had a life on its own. So it's, it's pretty awesome to look back and think about where it's come from.
0: That's interesting to think that it came from kind of an assignment. Um, and it's developed now to this, to this show. What are some of the themes that you see when you look at the show? What are some of those things that people might resonate with when they come to, to watch?
4: What's, what's awesome about the show is that of course it deals, um, heavily with, you know, um, a lesbian, gay, uh, theme. So as far as, um, this, this young man who grew up in the South Bronx to Latino parents learning to accept himself and finally realizing that he's gay and it's okay to be gay. But throughout the course of the entire show, you start to realize that there's other issues that arise as well, and self-esteem is a huge one, Um, acceptance, uh, relationships with parents, you know what I mean? And dealing with having to to talk to your parents about issues that are just very, very touchy and stuff that we see as, as children growing up, but we're not allowed to talk about it because, you know, I mean, my family... They, they were the type of family that would tell you, you know, you're too, you're too young to have this discussion, you know, mine's a business, but yet it's in my face and I have all these questions and I can't really talk to them about what I'm seeing at the end of the day. So all those issues come up and the greatest thing for me in the world was one day I was, I performed the show, we had debuted off Broadway here in New York and there was this woman who came up to me from the middle of the country somewhere. She nowhere near um, the New York City, the South Bronx, and I, you would have never have thought that she would be able to relate to anything to my show. And she came up to me with te- tears in her eyes, and she said to me, she said, you know, Jose, I'm not gay, I'm not lesbian, but thank you so much for telling the story because I can completely relate to your father, and I can completely relate to how your, your father treated you throughout your childhood. It doesn't matter where people come from. It doesn't matter whether you're gay or lesbian, like the story resonates across the board. And it it reminds us that we are all the same. And just because we come from different spaces, it doesn't mean that we can't relate to one another when it comes to certain issues, when it comes to acceptance or anything like that. So.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you really hit on the head kind of as one of those things that we focus on a lot on this show, which is the intersectional identity, being a person of color and coming to terms with your sexuality or your gender identity. Um, tell me, how was it for you to kind of put that struggle into this work? What did it do for you? Did it give you any type of, of, of you know, therapy or, or, or help? you know, to kind of put this into a creative work, these feelings that you dealt with growing up?
4: No, absolutely. I mean, the writing process alone was cathartic for me, and it it allowed me to kind of work through certain issues that I was going through at the time. Um, As I mentioned, when I wrote the piece, I was coming out of of a divorce, and I was married to a woman. Um, And the reason I was married to a woman was because I believed that in order for me to be right before God, I had to marry a woman in order to be completely delivered from my sexual sin, so to speak. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I realized much later on that that was definitely something that was not right. And it wasn't something that um, I needed to do in order to, for God to love me or for God to accept me. And it wasn't until I started writing the piece that I realized that I am, you know, wonderfully and beautifully made. And it doesn't matter what uh, I am, that God still loves me regardless. And that was just some of the things that I was going through as I was writing this piece, um, which is why I guess the title kind of leads people to believe that there's some sort of religious aspect to it. I mean, there, there is, believe it or not, there are some pieces that I have written um, in in regards to uh, my faith and um, in Christianity, because I've gone through, you know, this whole feeling of not, wanting to, to continue in faith because I thought that at the end of the day, you know, God doesn't love me, so why, why should I even bother? Um, but unfortunately, because of the nature of the piece and because the time constraints that we have in particular venues were not allowed to kind of go over a certain mark, so we've kind of left some of those pieces out, but we're looking for, um, a, a, I guess, a permanent home one day so we could put on a full 90-minute show where where all those aspects would actually be included. But writing it was definitely therapeutic, and even performing it to this day. I've done it hundreds of times by now, and every time I get up there, it's a brand-new experience and brand-new discoveries of how I feel and what I'm feeling and what people are getting out of the community.
0: You were just listening to an interview with Jose Roldan Jr. He's starring in his own one-man show up in Upper East Side called Father, Forgive Me For I Have Sinned at the New Eureka Poets Cafe. You're going to hear more from that interview after the break. But I think it was really interesting, you know, talking about I always like talking to people about their creative processes and how, you know, things in their lives affect them and, you know, a lot of people in our community, a lot of queer people of color, don't necessarily. You know, I was lucky to come out very early. Right. You know, in high school or before high school, like I was, I was gay long ago. Yeah. But you know, some people, you know, go through that process of discovery, and it takes a long time, and they may, you know, well, try it's, to live the it's life. Not
1: just that; it's self acceptance. Mm-hmm. You know, some of that discovery, for better or worse, I was told that last week. Like, oh, you had sex with a guy. You mm. know you're gay, but it's that whole process of self-discovery. Right. If you accept yourself first, half that shit gets alleviated. Mm-hmm. Well, mean,
0: and absolutely, and I think he he hit on that yeah. where he was saying that it was, you know, he had to understand and, and care and deal with himself and right. be, you know, comfortable with who he was, and he wasn't, so he was trying to live that life, you know, right. and get married and do all those things that yeah. people tell you have to do, and, you know, you realize that that's not what you want. You know, you realize right. that's not what you're, you're after as you get more comfortable with who you are. It's
1: like, what's that quote from Sister Act two oh Oh, from the book, from mm-hmm. Letters to a Young Poet. Mm-hmm. When you wake up at night, and the first day, that's the first thing you think about is what you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. We wake up in the morning and think about sucking dick, that's the thing you should be doing. You should
0: be. You should be. Do not deny yourself the dick. <laughs> We or, do...
1: or, or, or whatever other orifice you like. Whatever
0: orifice you like, you know, love or, yourself. Or and <laughs> people, whatever people, what, parts, whatever you like, people and not, parts you like. Whatever people parts you like.
1: not a Jeffrey Dahmer kind of way.
0: No, you know, everybody <laughs> likes their own thing and everybody likes yeah. their parts. And, you know, whether it's the vajayjay or, or the dick the or Or the light or the dark meat, whatever, the wing. <laughs> the, the thigh or the breast, whatever you like, just be comfortable in what you and like. In what you like, yes. You know. I guess that could go up to a certain point, but we're not gonna go there. We're not gonna <laughs> right. go there. Um, after the break, we're gonna listen to more of that interview with Jose Roldan Jr. about his show, and we're also gonna talk a little bit about ooh, what are we gonna talk about after the break? We're just gonna talk about something else. Do you, do you
1: want to talk about Georgia and North Carolina? Oh yes, what's, what's these daggone
0: laws. The South, I don't know what's happening. They didn't lost their mind, but we're gonna talk about that after the break. You're listening to Queer State of Mind on a Radio Free Brooklyn.
5: You're lurking. I got back, I like it. You know, I dealt with you the nicest. Nobody touched me in the righteous. Nobody texts me in a crisis. I believed all of your dreams at You took my heart all my keys and my patience, You took my heart out, my sleep, a decoration. You mistaken my love, I brought for you for foundation. All that I wanted from you was to give me something that I never had, something that you never saw. Something that you never be Mm -hmm. But uh, why you gotta act like nothing's wrong Just
2: talking to that wall. that wall.
0: Welcome back to Queer State of Mind. Yes, on Radio Free Brooklyn, Sissy and That Walk, that's RuPaul. We're going to get back into our interview with Jose Roldan Jr. in just a moment. I just love that song too. Obviously, I love all the songs we put on here because I pick the music, yeah, right? It's my shop. You pick the music. But right, if I put on a, a song, I might. I do hate listening to some songs. Occasionally, I will put a song in, and I'll be like, I can't stand that motherfucking song. But the kids like it, so I put it on there. Fuck uh, the kids, any, right? <laughs> <laughs> As, <laughs> It's some of, and some of y'all do. So yeah, shit. That, whoop, 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 all right. Well, coming <laughs> up, we have the second part of our interview with Jose Roldan Jr. He's performing tonight at the New York and Poets Cafe at seven PM up on Third. You should check it out. Tickets are still what? available.
1: I don't know, girl. Third is the only thing I feel as though I should know this. Yeah,
0: and I know, I really should know where the New York and Poets Cafe is. Like you've heard about the, it. Because I've so. heard about it and I've seen it, and I know many people have had events there. Yeah. I know it's up there somewhere. So it's we okay. find out where that is it while it, we listen it, to this and, interview. Join,
1: yeah. Do you want me and to Ori tonight.
0: Yes. Yes. We're going to hang out there. We're going to kicky you e, kick e out at the post club. So come check it out. Here's the rest of that interview. You're listening to Queer State of Mind. Okay. Awesome. And, you know, since it is Easter weekend, I'm kind of curious. And since you've talked about this negotiation of faith and, and coming to terms with how you feel about God and, and Christianity, where do you sit now? You know, where do you sit now as a queer person of color who's come to terms, you know, with your sexuality? Um, do you feel that you've come to terms with your place in faith as well?
4: I do. I definitely do. I don't see. I don't see God as the the this judge that we we perceive him to be with a book in his hand ready to kind of you know throw it at me for whatever reason. It's more. It's more a sense of um pretty much of what I was saying earlier as far that we're all human. We all have. Some of the things that we go through and at the end of the day like i just don't see i don't see god in the manner in which we're taught to see him you know what i mean um mm-hmm. i know he loves me i know he loves me regardless of what whatever it is that um i'm trying to accomplish in life um yeah it's just it's a complete different turnaround like before it was more more so coming from anger coming from a place of not feeling accepted and i think that kind of came from what I was getting from everyone else and my, you know, in my environment. Like, I was bullied as a kid, so um, immediately, and bullied because I was gay, rather, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, that's the whole concept of the story. When you when you watch the story, you see that throughout the, throughout the piece, this kid is going through something, and these, these people can see that he's different. People can see that he's not like everybody else, you know, he's a little soft-spoken. He doesn't like to play sports. He'd rather, you know, study. And again, I don't want to even say that all gay guys are like that because we all know that there are gay men and women out there that, you know, stand outside of stereotypical um, gay image. But at the end of the day, that wasn't my story. And I had to combat these stereotypes very early and um, it kind of created this environment for me where I started to feel that I wasn't accepted from anybody, from my family, my friends, from God, it didn't matter who. And writing this piece helped me realize that I'm not any different from anyone else. And when it comes to my faith again, it does, no one else really matters but me and God. You know what I mean? Like no one else really matters at the end of the day. And... You know, it's like many have said before me, you know, God is my judge. And regardless of what anyone thinks, my my walk and my life will take me to where I need to be. You know what I'm saying? So, And I don't like to sound super religious because I'm not. I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy to kind of like, you know, take faith and throw it down. I mean, I rarely go to church, to be quite honest with you. Um, But I just know that before I, I would beat myself up because of that, because I didn't go to church or because I didn't, I didn't you know read as often as anyone else would read the bible you know what i mean now it's different it's just like you know what i don't need to stress those things um the way i used to anymore i'm not going to beat myself up for something that i'm not i hope that makes sense
0: no that absolutely makes sense and i think that (laughs) speaks to where a lot of us are you know kind of navigating Um, i want to touch on you talking about growing up in the south bronx because obviously that's a major part of this work. And, you know, people that may not be from New York or maybe see New York as one part of the city don't really understand the diversity. You know, everybody has this notion that everywhere in New York is so open and diverse and, like, you can be gay and you can be out everywhere. And definitely the city is much more open than many. But there are still parts of the city that may not be as open as others. And definitely in the past when, you know, you were growing up, Um, it was hard to be out, um, to be open about being gay. Can you talk a little bit about that experience, um, you know, growing up and being gay in a place like South Bronx where, you know, masculinity is probably one of the most important traits for men?
4: No, absolutely. I mean, now it's it's a completely different story. I mean, yeah, it's areas. so bro now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody wants to be gay now, right? It's like the yeah. cool thing to be gay now. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but it definitely wasn't the case um, back then. And I mean, I remember... I remember being so afraid, and what's funny is that I, I even when I think about that time, um, we're talking about like maybe late '80s, early '90s. Um, oh my God, did I just age myself? Uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we won't tell nobody but, except everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we talk about the late '80s, early '90s, you know, I think about uh, you know all of the you know the, the rap culture, the pop culture that was going on back in those days, and, and thinking about you know, not even knowing who I was, to be quite honest with you. Like I knew at the end of the day, I was attracted to boys, but I wasn't, I, I wasn't allowed to talk about it. I wasn't allowed to even talk to my parents about it because it was just such uh, um, such a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say such um, a negative thing to, to to even think, like it wasn't even acceptable. And of course I was the only boy, right? So God forbid he I, I turned out gay, you know what I mean? Right. Um, But what I do remember is I do remember seeing other um, what I, what I call now pioneers within the, um, the gay community who were very open about their sexuality and honestly did not care. I mean, they were picked on, they were made fun of just like I was, but they were also very strong men who defended themselves in the streets. um, And they lived in the buildings that I lived in, you know, they lived in the projects, they lived across the street, they interacted with everybody and they were not afraid, but I, I mean, again, I was so young. I interpreted that as, you know, oh my God, I could never be that person. I could never be as strong as this person. Um, Now I look back at it and I thank God for those individuals because they gave a little bit of hope that it's just like, you know what? No, we, you know, we are who we are and we shouldn't be afraid of who we are for anything. But um, it wasn't as easy as it is now. Like I walk down the streets now because my parents still live in the same neighborhood. And I walk down there now and I can see guys holding hands and you know, wearing the backward fitted cats and, and playing basketball. And I'm just like, this is a completely different world from when I grew up. But it's also awesome and liberating because it's just like, you know, we've come a long way, a, a long way. So.
0: Absolutely. No, I think it says a lot that the way that people can express their sexuality doesn't necessarily conflict in the same way that it used to with people you know, right. expressing their own personal identity. Um, so we could talk forever about all of that, but I want to let people know of how they can come see your last show at the New York Poets Cafe. Um, what are the details? How can people get tickets? What do they need to do?
4: Awesome. Well, uh, you can definitely go to the New York Weekend's website. So it's the newyorkweekend.com forward slash calendar, and you'll be able to just look at the calendar for t- for tonight at 7 p.m. And the show starts at 7 p.m., but everybody usually shows up late, so we usually hold house at about 7:10 or so. Um, it's a, I guess it's (laughs) the the environment of a New Yorican because a New Yorican is a very special theater. It's not like a traditional theater. So you walk in, you kind of feel very homey and they have like a full bar there. So you're able to drink while you're watching the show. What, what better way than to, you know, sit down and enjoy yourself than to have a glass of wine. Right.
0: That's one of those things I hate about Broadway, right? You know, it's all stuffy. It has to start on time. Like, you know, if you're late from the train, like, you're afraid you're not going to be able to get into your show that you paid, like, $200 for, and then the drinks. So, this sounds a little bit chill, a little bit more like, you know, going to kick it at your friend's house and watch a show.
4: I like (laughs) it. Exactly, exactly. And the show is also very interactive, too. So, there'll be some surprises if uh, anybody comes out. So, it'll be awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, make sure you check it out. It's tonight at 7 p.m. at the New York Rican Poets Cafe on 3rd. You're listening to Queer State of Mind, Jose Dan Jr. Thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Well, thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to seeing you guys at the show and just working together in the near future. Like, I really I appreciate what you guys are doing and getting the word out there and just being a positive light for our community because we really need it.
0: Awesome. We thank you so much. And we'll be right back with more.
3: about nothing i am wearing that nada i'm sitting pretty impatient but i know you gotta put in them hours i'm gonna make it harder i'm sending pick up to picture i'm gonna get you fired i know you're old. You gotta put it work, 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 You don't gotta go to work, 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 work. Let my body do the work, 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 work. We can work tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh. We can work tomorrow. Oh, oh, oh. Let's put it in emotion. I'ma give you a promotion. I'll make it Let your body do the work, work, work,
0: work, 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 do work, 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 work Whack, whack, okay. whack, whack, whack. So, whack.
1: I, fr- I was afraid at first because I was getting my life over here in my seat, you know, doing, you know, the ass shaking. and looking Right. Out, looking yeah, you ass, know, like, yeah. you got the right. When you
0: sitting in the chair? Like, am yeah, I popping it right? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes yeah. I, I am. <laughs>
1: so I thought it was that Rihanna girl at first and I got really afraid because, you know, I don't do her. Well,
0: we had played that earlier in the show. That's probably why we did. We played that earlier up. Okay, so. yeah, I missed it. Yeah, year. yeah, I, no.
1: I, I, I tuned her out. <laughs> so, you know, there was the, a the clip about the girl, I mean about the guy singing in cincinnati well the cincinnati, well, cincinnati yeah i oh, don't know um got on stage and sang her song and she does
0: oh yeah and then she was just like
1: hey, ah well here's my deal it, i am shocked okay shocked that people would pay cash money <laughs> american dollars <laughs> you know where I, is I'm that like, motherfucking bell <laughs> I understand you're going to pay with camel cash or some shit like that.
0: You can use your prints. Right. You know. Use your Kroger prints. Use right. your
1: Kroger points. Right. <laughs> your m green cams. your you key know. food points. Yeah, right. we ain't got
0: Kroger here, but you know.
1: Your key food. Your right. You know, anything, your bonus, you know, instead of getting your um, Christmas ham or, or Easter ham. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> I'm through. But I'm so of, through. But people pay cash money. For, I, I I am just puzzled. Yeah,
0: I I That's, like Rihanna. Now I'm not going to pay no money. I wouldn't even pay to it, go to see. What, what, are you, what are you watching her do? Like Beyonce's. too. No, like, t- I wouldn't pay for that. So like, like what
1: are you paying to see? I, I'm I'm confused. I don't know. Like, are you paying to see her perform? <laughs> I, 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 I just it, I. It, I can. I can you just not, can't even. I you can't, literally I can't even. Put this in my head, like I cannot formulate a thought to understand what you're paying for.
0: I well, um, I don't know. I I don't know.
1: Then again, people say the same thing about us. Like you're paying all this money for a studio. So yeah, right. You know,
0: like, it is. Yeah. It is. <sighs> people spend their
1: money on dumb shit. Yes, I said y'all spend money on dumb shit for seeing her in concert. Dumb Boom. shit.
0: So it's been an interesting Ooh, week in politics. Condoms. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she did not just pull. She pulled out a New York City condom right out of her pocket. You well, know, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Got to be prepared. This, no, it's I don't good know what I'm doing prepare. after the show. <laughs> um, right, it's Brooklyn. Want right. to be prepared? Want to be protected? Safe right. sex, the best sex. Anyway, so apparently, speaking of sex, Ted Cruz. Okay, <laughs> uh, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, I don't want to spend too much listen, time listen, on my, this, okay. except to laugh.
1: This is all the life because as much as Donald Trump is Donald Trump, but he has been playing a different game this whole fucking time, and people are just now catching up to it. Mm-hmm. He is the Jessica Simpson of the um
0: right because like, he's like, oh y'all gonna underestimate me? But guess what? I've been I'm
1: I've been doing playing a different game. Right? Like bitch, I'm not even playing checkers. I'm playing parcheesi. Right? And winning gammon, and winning. You know? <laughs> right? Y'all they're playing you know telly wings and shit. Bitch. Ooh
0: yes. So but, poor Ted Cruz. So
1: it's saying that you know his wife Heidi and you know mental illness, especially as us Black people, have to have a whole, test, a whole mm-hmm. show on this mm-hmm. about Black people mental illness. Because <laughs> you know Heidi had that incident back in the day, and right. bless her heart. you know, mental mm-hmm. illness is not nothing to laugh at. And then they're saying, "Oh well, she's ugly." And next Melania Trump. Now, to be fair, most people are
0: right, Melania. Is a model. Yeah, she's, like, she's, she's gorgeous. She, she's beast- she was selected from wherever she came from right. in Eastern I, Europe because right. she was fine. I
1: mean, and she's smart as hell, too. She's, yeah. she's not a dumb bitch. No, she, not at all. You know, it's the only thing where it's like when you put her on international stage, like you have with um, Michelle Obama to get girls together, like, hi, oh, yeah, that's what we produce. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: However, the shade is the shade, the shade, the shade about breaking in the Enquirer that Ted Cruz have been fucking these five women. Mm-hmm. Especially the crazy bitch that's from um, Katrina, oh, from, yeah. from the Donald Trump campaign. From Donald Trump campaign, the one who's like you know she's a cult member, mm-hmm. like hi, mm-hmm. the dumb bitch. Allegedly, you know who's it's not Donald Trump that gave that provided them with that information. Mm-hmm. They're saying that they heard this from the Rubio campaign. Of course, it was. No. I said, yeah.
0: And 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 it's funny because that just freaking comes right out of Scandal. Like it's just yeah. a right. If you watch Scandal this week, yeah. like there's pretty much a storyline that is exactly that. It's like, like it's
1: it's not the Trump campaign. It's not the ones you think it is. No. It's, it's girls who still got a grudge. I, yes, I appreciate holding a vendetta against a bitch. I, you know, and is, if
0: anybody would like, right. he just looked mad. You
1: know who am I? Two four six zero one. Right. Know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go, yeah. we want to give a little bit of time. There were there's some political issues that are happening with some of the laws in North Carolina and Georgia and kind of give a summary. Yeah. There was a law that is being considered in Georgia right. that could in what people are saying, it's one of those touted as a, re, a religious liberty bill, but like, it, Indiana. like uh-huh. Indiana, but essentially what people are saying is it could prevent uh, or it could allow for Churches, religious organizations to Everybody. expressly uh-huh. ban or prohibit service to LGBT right. people based on whatever reasons, yeah. because of their religious freedom. And in North Carolina, they just did
1: it wholesale. They, yeah, it they just
0: passed a bill um, this past week that basically overturns local ordinances yeah. protecting the rights of LGBT people.
1: It's these states' rights, kids.
0: So I'm going to leave you with this note. Um, This presidential election is very important. You know, it's very important that we get out and vote and we select the next leader of our country. But in my opinion, it's what's going on in these states States that is most important. So here in New York, we're we're kind of lucky. But in other parts of the country, their legislators are passing laws that are – infringing upon the rights of lgbt people it's not just about marriage equality anymore there are people that can't live their full lives because of these laws so hopefully we're all getting out there to vote um Um, if we can i'm in this weird limbo with moving and everything so i think it's yeah
1: it might work to your advantage if you can still vote in ohio yeah
0: yeah because i can't yeah so it's and i i opted out of the primary but For the general election, I think it's really important for us to look at who's running for the local elections, who's running for Congress, down down the ticket. Yeah,
1: Down ballot. Make sure you vote.
0: Because those are the people that are going to be making these laws. Those are the people that are going to be in charge of setting the agendas in these states. And we need to get—
1: Your state assemblies— that's where you pay attention to. Republicans have done this well. Absolutely, they learned their lesson in 2010. That's where they put all the money. In. It was not in the elect, not in the national elections. <laughs>
0: And that's where that's where we need yeah. to go. We're going to be um, kicking up our political coverage coming up in the next week uh, with our new podcast, Queer Minded America, that's going to be launching in April. We're going to have a interview with the Victory Fund to kind of iron out some of these election issues, talk about what some of these races mean and get some understanding. Because I know I cover politics and I'm confused. So we're going to try right. to figure out some of these and, and get you some information to help you make informed decisions over the next couple of months as we get ready for the general election that's about all we have for this edition of queer state of mind everyone i'm glad it went so well i know we miss you Sadie. you got to come back get on here but we will be back next week uh with more queer state of mind thanks for listening everyone have a great evening afternoon saturday brunch time brunch
1: time Bye.
0: queer state of mind is produced by the queer minded radio network a queer people of color focused radio community thank you for listening find out more (laughs)